listening to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. This morning, I'm not preaching. Uh, I am the pastor here. My name is Cole, but I am not preaching, and I am excited to not be preaching this morning because I'm excited to hear uh, from one of the people who um, means a lot to this church, means a lot to me, means a lot to Anna, and I'm excited to be hearing from them this morning. I'll tell you a little story about our beloved Casey King. Um, when I first met Casey, I was like, what's your name? <laughs> and, uh, you know, what What did you do? And pastor, our pastor Casey was still the pastor. He was like, my name's Casey. And I was like, see what he did there. <laughs> um, but he, he used to be a pastor, pastor to church for a while. And when we transitioned leadership to me taking over, Pastor Casey moving back, um, he was one of the first people to reach out to me sincerely and say, hey, man, I have your back in this. Hey, man, I'm with you in this. Me and April, you're going to have to try to run us off. And, um, man, <laughs> I haven't tried to run them off. <laughs> so, in case you were wondering. But, there, like, there's something that is to be said about when people say, hey, man, we're with you. And they actually are with you. Versus, like, hey, we are with you. And then they're not with you. There, how many of you know that like that is like to find that, especially when he's pastored a church before, he's been in leadership before. I'm sure anybody would love to hire him at their church. And he's stuck around here. He's poured into our community. He's poured into this church family. And I'm excited to hear from him today just because of what he has meant to me personally, um, not just what he does for our church and the energy that he brings to every Sunday morning that he's here. And so, if you would, Hope Unlimited, will you stand to your feet and give it up for our beloved Casey King in the house? This sponsorship brought to you by North Dodge and Ram or something like that. Go buy a car from Casey. All right, man. Thank you for that inter- introduction. Um, Cole, I'm glad you've got one friend in the in the house, because I want to I want to shout out to about five or six of mine that came this morning, um, some ch- old church um, uh, family, uh, one lady Linda Smith that I dearly loves, always been there for us. Uh, good to have her. Um, also the Perus, I say the Perus because I can say it now. You don't say it the way it's spelled, but anyways, uh, and then Trey and his lovely wife, uh, people that we we work with. Um, but, man, it's exciting. Thank you for that introduction. I mean, I'll take you out for lunch on that one. Awesome. I love it. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Now, uh, I do want to shout out to my lovely 21-year-old today. She's 21. Happy birthday, Sydney. 21 years of age. No, you're not taking her out drinking, okay? So uh, it is good to be in the house of God. My wife, my kids says, Dad, you're too loud, so I'm going to put you guys, you adjust me ever how it needs to be adjusted. So, But I was surprised this morning when I walked in. I was like, am, am I at a Baptist church? Because there were food everywhere. 
I'm like, wow. And then I come in and everybody was. And I, I got to I got back there thinking, I'm like, Lord, is this is this the message that you want me to preach? Because I want to preach to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. If you want to follow along, you can. Also, First uh, John chapter number 4, verse 8 through 21, they're not going to put them up there. I don't normally preach this way, but we're going to kindly just uh, break uh, verses down. I'll read a couple. We'll, we'll speak on them, preach on them just a little bit. But, but I walked in, and uh, I mean, a lot of smiling faces. Maybe it's the weather. I don't, I don't know. 70-degree weather? Maybe it's the weather and uh, uh, all that stuff and the food. Maybe it's the food. That's what's wrong. Nobody's uh, pumped up because they ate too much chocolate out there and just got the blah. I mean, so, but um, it is good to be in the house of God. And, and I want to preach to you this morning um, on love. Uh, I, I think that's a lot of things that we as a church, um, have really forgot about, okay, because we're good about everything else, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate something, and, and it's going to be horrible, okay. My illustration is going to be, be horrible. Wes, if you don't care, where's Wes at? I was going to bring Jam up. Oh, there you are. I was looking back. So uh, Wes is going to come up. So when you look in in uh, chapter number 13 of 1 Corinthians, it, it, talks about, it talks about love. So as he's coming up, and... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open this up, and you're thinking, oh, God, he's going into the drum cage. This could be. Now, when I pastor the church and our drum set, I was a pastor, so I could break it, okay? I'll try not to break these, all right, because I'm not, I'm not the pastor. And, and, uh, but come on up here. Uh, can you still hear me? Do I need this? I don't, I don't. Okay. So, you got it. Whoa. Are we on? There we go. All right. So here, here's my illustration. I know nothing about drums. I know nothing about these symbols. So when you look, <laughs> Emily's like, oh. Because I remember we had a conversation back when I'm, I'm, I try to get in on the church and see what's going on. And, and I think if you break these symbols, it's like a bad thing. It's like, yeah. So uh, I'm going to try not to. Don't, don't break them. Okay, uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't want to buy them. So when you look in, in 1 Corinthians, I think it's the first verse we'll look at in chapter number 13, it talks about uh, uh, clanging cymbals. It talks about no melody at all. So here's what I want to illustrate to you, and we'll, we'll touch base on this here on down in the message. So hang on just a second. Can I put, can, you got that? So i got to do this first, right? Ha! Woo, this is good. That was horrible. Mate, I got one that loves me. So now, when you don't love something or you don't practice a lot of it, it don't sound good. Are you with me? I need about ten of you to lean in this morning and listen to me. So I try to get Jam, and Jam's like, ah, just get Wes. And I was like, yeah, dude, let's get Wes. Wes has got the uh, Karate Kid bandana on, and he's like, yeah. Got the hair flowing, and I mean, I love it. So, Wes, um, show them what it really means to make a beautiful sound because you love what you do. 
Yeah. Woo! Man, that, that sounded good. So we're, we're going to talk about that here in just, just let's give him another hand. Awesome, amen. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, bang, bang, clang, clang. Bang, bang, clang, clang. I had a pastor friend of mine 11 years ago this past week was murdered. Um, great man of God. I believe, I believe the devil took him out because he knew what he could do to the devil. I'm just going to be honest with you. Guy was a student of the Bible, was, was going uh, to in degrees in, 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 in Bible theology. He was just down to earth. He was just an old country boy from Monroe County. Uh, his name was Daryl Franklin. Um, I'm not going into how he was, he was murdered, but just his church was thriving. The church was going to, matter of fact, it's the church that I took over after he was. Uh, now, you're talking about some big old shoes to fill. Now, he was a big old man. He was about 300 and something pounds plus, and he drove a little Miata car. I'm like, I mean, how in the world do you? I mean, it's like you fall in and roll out, but, he's a bit, but he was a convertible. So, anyways, but, but just a great man of God. And I, I'm going into this. I was, uh, I, was, I was at a church and as a youth minister. Um, God called me down there to fill his shoes, loved him. But he said these words once. And he said, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Okay? So, so I'm, got to, I'm like, I can tie that in. So people need to know that you love them. People need not not just your family, but not not just your your church folk, not just your people here at, at church. Uh, people in the world today, they need to know that you love them. They need to know that you care, and and when they see that you love them, they will know that you love them. Okay. Now I can sit here and tell you I love you, but if my actions are not showing, guess what? You're going to think I don't love you. And I think love is one of the greatest things. All, all of this we, we, in church, if we don't have love, everything that we do in church, okay, and I'll get, I don't want to fast forward, but everything we do in church, if we don't do it in love, it matters not at all. So when you think about that, love complete is because the love, it, God becomes known. When we show love, people see God. When we show love, people see God. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on myself. Can I brag on myself just a little bit? Yeah. My wife and them said, no, Casey, you can't brag. If there's one thing about me that I want you to know about me is that I love you, regardless of what you ever done. I, I grew up in a family, and, and I grew up in, in a generation that, you know, if, if somebody done something bad, uh, they were kind of like an outcast. They were like, oh, we, we, we can't associate. I talked to a guy here a couple of weeks ago in Nashville. I'd, I'd sold, him a, sold him an item. Uh, he come over and picked it up, and I, I, I picked up real quick. He was, he was a godly guy. He was, I was like, man, there's something about this. So he was sharing a little story about me. He was, he was a recovering drug addict. Recovering drug addict, uh, he had been in some some things and stuff, and and he got clean and just just loved the Lord now and just just doing great. But he was talking to somebody and he was telling that person their story, and the next time that person seen this young man, they wouldn't have anything to do with him because he wasn't wasn't them. 
Not everybody is us. Not everybody is us. But there's one thing that we as a church, we as individuals need to understand. That if we're not showing love, people are not seeing God. If you're not showing love, people are not seeing God. God is not becoming known. Through love, God can be seen. Right? Through love, God can be seen. Through love, God can be touched. And God can touch. It's all through love. Look at your neighbor and say, love. People say that they love you, but when it gets down to the heart of it, do they really show you? Huh? Do, do they, really, they really show you that they, they love you? And you say, well, how do we, how do we deal with those type of people? And, and, and I, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to, um, to preach to your sheep, okay? These are your sheep. I'm not shearing them, okay? I'm not shearing I just want you to understand that love is a great thing. Love is a great thing. A lot of times in church we say, well, so-and-so done this and so-and-so done that. What do we do? We just kick them out? No. We don't kick them out. We just get to the root of the problem. We, we fix what is broken. We fix what is broken. So, so Paul did this. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, this church was a rocking church. If, if, if Paul could name this church back in his day, he would name it Hope Unlimited. Y'all didn't get that, did you? If Paul had a name for the church in Corinth, it'd be Hope Unlimited because they were a rocking church, okay? So uh, that should get you pumped up, okay? Coffee, somebody, please. I mean, let's go. I mean, we're talking Paul days. We're talking the man that walked on the road to demise. We're, hey, they ain't, don't get any better than Paul, okay? Paul was a great man of God, a great, great preacher. So this church was, was a rocking church, but they had problems. A church without problems? Hmm. They said, we want a perfect church. <laughs> you don't want me there then. Amen. I mean, you, you're not going to have a perfect church. Paul's church, 1 Corinthians, he's talking about here in chapter number 13, they had problems. They were a healing church, but they had problems. They were a rocking church. They were a healing church. They were a holiness-believing church, but guess what? They had problems. And those problems, guess what the problem was? Lack of love. The problem that the church in Corinth, the problem that Paul's talking about here, the church he was talking about, they were everything that we ever want. We want a rocking church, amen? Huh? We, we want a healing church. We want a holiness church. We, we want all that. But, but they had a problem, and that problem was the lack of love. And, and this, is, this was a real issue. And not only a real issue in the, in the church of Corinth, but, but it is a real issue in our day, in t- this day and time. I went to, I went to, and I'm not going to call the names. I, I, I told Pastor Cole, I said, Pastor, I said, you know what? I said, since I've been exempt from pastoring, I miss pastoring, okay? Uh, I don't miss all the nonsense that goes with it, but I miss pastoring. I'm glad you got it, okay? I'll support you. Got you back, brother, okay? Uh, so so I, I miss pastoring. But uh, there's a lot of nonsense that go on. I, I, was, I was in a church the other day, and I, I talked to Pastor Cole about this, and I went and visited the church, and the church we was with said it was probably a church of about 100 people, I think. I, and I'm not going to, I know a lot of people are probably like, what church is he making about? Is it here in Knoxville? Which one is it? It's nowhere near here. But anyway, so we went, and, and I walked in. And, and the greeters at our door, uh, hats off to you guys. All you need to do is smile and love. Just smile and love. 
Just smile and love. That's all you've got to do. Paul said he, he would just like to be a, a greeter at the door hanging, ha- handing out peppermint candies. All you've got to do is just smile and love. So I walked into this church and there's two old men. Nothing wrong with O. I heard a snicker over there. Nothing wrong with O, okay? So, so I walked over, and, and, and we walked in, and, and I shook their hands, and they shook our hands, and they never said nothing. I'm like, boy, I'm in a good place. Is it time to leave? So they were standing there, and it was kind of awkward. So I just asked, hey, where's the bathroom? Oh, there was right around the corner. So we go around the bathroom. I leave my wife standing there. She hates it. She hates it. I'm like, skip, get out of here. So them two old men, they're still standing there, and we go back, and, and we're standing there. Okay, we're, we're probably five minutes, five, three to five minutes in. Nobody says anything. Nobody says nothing. I turned around, and I said, and you are who? They said, oh, I'm so-and-so here at the church. I said, well, I'm looking for a couple of friends of ours. Are they here? Yeah, we, we love them. We love them. I said, you got a good way of showing you love. We love, we love them. Okay, so, so it goes on. We, we meet our friends. And I was talking to Pastor Cole about this. I said, if I, in my time, I wish I'd started. I've been, I've been um, not in the pastor for about two years. I wish I'd started going from church to church and pulling out things that churches are not do that they should be doing in the Word of God and then build a church on what they're not doing. Man, you would have an awesome, awesome church. The one thing that I found out during all my visiting through this time is this right here. Churches have forgot about love. They've pretty much got everything else going on, but they forget about love. And I want to bring this message to you because I want to be a part of a church that loves. I want to be a part of a church when, when they walk through their doors, they can feel the excitement. Now, if we keep giving out cinnamon rolls and brownies and fruit, let me tell you, it's going to be spot on. You're going to have a rocking church, okay? So, so, but when you look at this, and, and I love, I love what, what Paul talks about, and, and Paul talks about this, and he has a whole chapter. He has a whole chapter to talk about, talk about how a church should be. So in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, verse number 1, may, may I may be able to speak the language of men and even angels, but I have no love. My speech is no more than noise gong or clanging bells. If you notice when I played it, it was horrible. And I would love to play the drums. I would love to play the guitar. I'd love to, to, to play the keys on the piano, but I can't. It's not that I, I, I just can't. I just can't, okay? So, and I, I said, man, this is a good illustration. I'll get up there and I'll beat on the cymbals because it's going to sound like, like blah, and I don't like doing that. I don't like doing that. But then when you look at Wes or Jam, or, or these other guys that play the instruments up here, they have something they love to do. They make it sound good. They make it sound good. Paul says, if we speak the language of men and even angels, but we have no love, my speech is no more than a noisy gong or a clanging bell. Verse number two, I may have the gift to inspire preaching, I may have all the knowledge and the understanding, all secrets. I may have all the faith needed to move mountains. But if I have no love, I am nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, bang, bang, clang, clang. Verse number three, I may give away everything I have and even give my body to be burned. But if I have no love, this does me no good. I like what Paul does. Paul cuts no corners. 
Paul, Paul cuts no, Paul, Paul don't sugarcoat anything. Paul don't cover anything up. He's telling the Corinthian church who has a, has a Holy Ghost that they need to pull it together. We're talking about a church that, that was, was energetic. We're talking about a church that could probably speak in tongues and all this stuff. But he says, hey, if you don't have love, Paul is saying love is needed. He said, love is needed, and if you don't have that in the church, you're not going to have. Love is needed if you just don't, if, if you just, if you, if you don't have, if you don't have love. Love is something that glues everything. Can I ask you a question? How many of you love your pastor? <laughs> I got about six of them rolled their eyes, though, okay? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love our pastor. So with that love, what happens is it, it, it helps us glue the church together. Okay, with, it, it's the glue that keeps us together. Love is connected or you just don't have the power to connect. You've got to have love to stay connected. So Paul is dealing with certain concerns in the church. Paul dealt with issues that were singled out in their situation. So today, if I think Paul would say, Paul would say this here. You speak in tongues and have a position in the church, and people like to hear you teach or preach, but no love, you're just noise. Somebody say bang, bang, clang, clang. If I didn't, if if I as 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 a minister, as a as a man of God, if I didn't show you love, then if I was the greatest preacher, greatest musician, Wes, if you was the greatest musician, uh, Emily, if you was the greatest singer, if you could get up here and 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 you could just do. I mean, just beautiful like a hummingbird, but if you didn't have love, it, it don't matter. It don't matter. Paul says you've got to have, have love. Good preachers? <laughs> I've seen a lot of good preachers in my day and time, but I've seen a lot of those good preachers not having love for their church. You can have a good preacher, but it takes somebody special to be a good pastor. Give it up for your Pastor Cole and Anna over here. Hey, Amen. <laughs> I brag on I brag on Cole, since he bragged on me when we first got here. Uh, we connected with Cole. Uh, me and April would sit, uh, and, and Cole would come to their house when when all the rest of you all come. And by the way, my house is open to anybody. You're more than welcome to come and hang out, but you got to leave, okay? You have to leave. But Pastor Cole and Anna would come down when y'all came down, and we would just sit over there. And April come to me, and she says, "Man, says I love him. Said he is just real." And that's what it's all about. It's all about you, be, not just here at church, but outside these four walls. You've got to be real. You've got to show. You've got to show the people outside. So, so you could be a good preacher, a good singer, have theology degree, obey the standards, have Sunday school class, sit on the right side of the church. But if you don't have love, you have nothing. You're just dust. You're just dust. So, so I like I like this too. I I, I, I grew up Baptist. Okay, once again, I love my father. He's not here. He's probably not listening online anyway either, so I'm I'm good there, so I can say this. Me and my dad butted heads a lot. Um, He was was one of my deacons. (laughs) Don't ever have. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was was rough. But growing up, uh, I was never taught to tithe. I never was taught to tithe until we were about 18, 19, 20. 
Someone was running there. We joined another church. It's bad you have to get out of your home church to join another church to be able to tithe. But anyways, anyway, so, so we, we joined this church, and, and the pastor preached and preached and preached and preached on tithe. My father told me and some of the other people in the church said, if you preach on tithe, people, people will quit giving. I was like, do what? I said, the reason people don't give in your churches today is because they don't know what it means to tithe. Huh? And, and I, I think it's a great thing. And, and, and like Pastor Cole says, you cannot give, you cannot outgive God. That's a fact. Okay? You, you cannot, don't matter what you try to do, you cannot outgive God. So eh, giving tithes, give great offerings, always at the plate lunches, huh? Oh, I'm, I'm giving my money. I'm giving my tithes. I'm going to show up for all the out, out, outcomings where we're, where we're eating. All. Everybody likes that, don't they? I remember a church I was at. A lot of these churches I remember. I was at a church, and, and they had a fellowship dinner. You had to pay at the fellowship dinner. I was like, what? I was like, I'm just going to go on down the road. Or I'd send my kids to go get that for me if you don't care. No. So, but, but tithing, so, so we, can get, we can be involved in barbecues, willing to do whatever we can for a church, but no love, it hurts. You can do all those things, but without love. So the Bible goes on in verse number 4, says, Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous nor conceit or proud. Love is not ill-mannered, selfish, irritable. Love does not keep the record of wrongs. Now, a lot of people think this chapter, Paul was talking to the married people. But he wasn't. He's was talking to the church. But can I integrate this in here? Um, don't keep a record of your wrongs. We can have marriage counseling. Amen. Don't spouses don't keep a record of your wrongs. You're going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. Lord knows I mess up. We all mess up. So let's go on. I didn't mean to get off on that. Love is not happy with evil, but it's happy with truth. Love never gives up. And it's faith, hope, and patience never fail. Love is eternal. There is inspired message, but they are temporary. There are gifts of speaking in strange tongues, but they will cease. There is knowledge, but it will pass. If our gifts of kingdom and inspired message are only partial, but when they are perfect, when... when when what is perfect comes, then what is partial will disappear. Partial is incomplete. A church without love is incomplete. A Christian, a pastor without love is incomplete. A musician without love is incomplete. Somebody that serves in the church is incomplete without love. All of this they do in the church is not complete until you have what? Love. Love completes because through love, God becomes known. Through your love. When people see that you care, they care that you care. When people see that you love them, they love that you love them. Through love, God can be seen. Through love, God can be touched. God can also can touch. The Bible goes on, verse number 11, said, when I, was, when I was a child, my speech, feelings, and thinking, my wife probably still thinks I'm here. Those child, now that I am a man, I have no more use for childish ways. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I think you skipped over that verse. What we see now is like a dim image in a mirror. Then we shall fa see face to face what I know now is only partial. 
then it will be complete, as complete as God's knowledge of me. It only becomes complete when we process or when we perceive, when we move forward as a church with love. I was sitting out there, and I come through, the, I come through uh, got out this morning, and the flag was blowing down there, and it's about to fall over. So I walked back down there and, and uh, fixed the flag and walked back up here, and everybody was smiling. I'm like, God, Lord Jesus, maybe this is the wrong message to preach this morning. Maybe they knew I was coming to preach on love. Guys, people have got to see you love those outside. They've got to see you love those in, in here. One of the greatest things that you can ever do is let people know that you, you love them. So God cannot be seen until love is added to the formula. Through our praise and worship and our music, God cannot be seen until we add love. Everything is incomplete until we put love to play. Look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Oh, that's so sweet. All that we do, it's incomplete without love. It's incomplete. All that we obey is incomplete without love. So I'm going to skip down. I'm going to skip down to 1 John chapter number 4, verses 8 through 21. He that love not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Some of y'all might know this translation. It's the King James Version, by the way. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be propitiation. Yeah, that word there, for our sins. Ain't it great? I mean, I practice for you guys because you're all young and, and you're all on clue and you all say those little the words. And I always get corrected, okay? I say they for there, they for whatever. And my wife's like, you don't say that. Like, what does it matter? It sounds good. So I try, and I try to practice these words before I get up there, but it don't matter. <laughs> I forget them, so it don't matter. So, um, so when you look at this in verse number 11, beloved, is God so loved us, we are also to love one another. Look at your neighbor and say, love. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Paul talked about a glass. If we never, we never seen God face to face. Now, I want you to just lean in with me right here. And I'm, I'm going I'm to come to close here in just a second. I want you to lean in with me right here. And Pastor Cole, we, we've talked about this last couple of, couple of two weeks about, about love. And he told me, he said, I'm going to share a verse out of 1 John. And I got to looking at that verse, and, and Paul says, we've never seen God face to face. But if we love one another, we're looking at the attributes of God. If we love one another, a lot of us we say, Well, I love God, but you don't love the person sitting next to you. Mm. I love God, but I've got this rowdy neighbor down the road. I love God, but this 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 homeless man or this homeless woman, this this person, somebody that's rubbed you wrong. We've all been rubbed wrong, right? We all've had enemies down the road, right? We don't like them. Let me tell you, you don't have to like them, but you got to love them. Amen. You you have to love that person, even though because we can't sit here and say we love God whom we've not seen and not love our neighbor. 
Not love the person down the road from us. Not love the homeless man. Not love somebody that's done us wrong. Not love somebody that's took from us. God, God is seen by others through the love that we show. I had a young man that when I was driving truck, that he, he rode along with me. Jacob Weddle, love this guy. He, he, he was a great, great, great friend of mine at work. And he looked at me one day. He said, Casey, he said, you know what? I see something about you. I said, what's that? He said, everybody looks up to you because you show them love. I was like, wow. That speaks highly of somebody. I'm thinking, brag on, brother. But isn't it great that people can see the love of God in you? Sunday morning when you come to church, <laughs> Sunday morning. Now, I know, I know Sunday mornings is not the best mornings to come to church. And here's why. It's because the devil's all over you. You and your spouse been fighting the whole way. You are, the kids didn't get up. So I got up this morning, Sydney's birthday. Everybody see the Facebook Live? Yeah. They say, why do you do that, Dad? I said, people will be talking about this next year. I said, if I got your card, you'd throw it away. Nobody know anything about it. That's why I do Mother's Day. So I got up this morning and went upstairs and, and woke them up. And little Casey, he was just, he, he stayed all night last night. And he was just, just in a great mood. Come to church. And I'm like, yeah, man, I walk in. I'm like, am I at the right church? Because there's a lot of smiling faces here today. Think about this, guys. We can come into this church. We can preach a good message. We can lead some good worship. You can get out there and praise and worship and be that rocking church. But without love, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Emily, you guys can come. Pastor Cole, come up. How do we see Jesus? Here's how we see Jesus. We see Jesus through our love. When you were watching me bang on the cymbals, I know I was kind of having fun, but you could tell, like, I didn't know what I was doing. Then when Wes got behind there and he started playing, you could tell that he loved he loved what he was doing. When the band gets up and they're worshiping, you can tell that they love what they're doing. When people in the world, here's what they, here's what they want to see. I've come to realize this in my pastoral. And can I just throw this in for a plus? When I was pastoring for eight years at Trinity, what you guys got is what I deserve for. What you guys have is what I desired for. I tried and I tried and I tried. But there was so much restriction, so much restriction. And you know what? I come to find out it was because people didn't love what they loved. To be a rocking church, to be a, a church that people see God in, we first have got to show love. We've got to show love. And y'all stand to your feet. I'm going to, we're going to, um, I'm going to end up right here. Paul and John and Jesus, they all say this. Love is needed 
in the church. If not, then we're nothing but bang, bang, clang, clang. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.